Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Project Brief. If you don't know about The Project Brief, it's a little episode I do here on the Boink Network Discord server, on the Boink Radio. And uh, I go through a whole bunch of Boink projects in nice and simple terms and explain what they do and how they work. Now, we're going to be redoing one of the other past episodes that I've done. This one's going to be on Ithena. Uh, and as usual, I have a new beverage <laughs> before we start. Yeah, I hear you picked up like a whole case or two of new beverages. Not exactly a whole case, but I have three really, 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 really weird ones, which are going to come starting next week. So the one that I got at the moment is not too bad. Um, the one I have at the moment is a classic Pepsi Cola, Soda Shop Black Cherry Cola. Cola. Sounds pretty normal. Yes. Um, it does taste like black cherry. Um, I've had a couple things that taste, taste like black cherry. It's probably got a much richer taste than Dr. Pepper, I'll have to say. Um, it's not too bad. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, it does not have high fructose corn syrup, which is a good thing. Uh, it's got a it's got a red uh, red coloring, which like almost blood red coloring, like it's very red. Um, yeah, there's nothing too special about this one other than it's kind of a classic. Yeah, this is actually kind of boring. It sounds like you just got a soda. Ah, hold on. It contains 0% juice. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. There you go. <laughs> uh, it is a product of the USA. It sounds like one. Yeah. No juice, all sugar, but no corn syrup, so... Mm, yeah, a bit suspicious there. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably from Canada. But yeah, we're going a bit wholesome this way before we switch over to stuff that's really, really, really weird. Next week. <laughs> Can't wait. So if you're keen on um, hearing me review some really weird drinks, hop in next week. But anyway, let's move on with the project brief. So as I said, we're going to be talking about Ithena today. So for those of you that don't know, Ithena is a Boink project that aims to map the internet. And uh, there's a number of ways that you can map the internet, uh, and it is a pretty, pretty big task. The reason why they're doing it is for a number of reasons. One, mainly kind of just for research um, purposes, to see what it looks like. Another one could be to uh, use that information to help um, improve the internet infrastructure, so the actual hardware that actually runs the internet, all the cables and fiber and routers and switches and all that. Uh, and also just for fun, because it can make some pretty cool images. And if you go onto their website, you can see a whole bunch of uh, the graphs that they've made. Now, these aren't typical graphs like a column chart or a pie graph or something like that. These are actual, what are called mathematical graphs. They're, they're basically little dots that are connected to other dots. And you've probably seen something like it before. 
and in mathematics we call them graphs and uh, it's uh, a part of a study called graph theory and basically what these images show where all the little dots are connected are different nodes on the internet they're all different computers now each of these computers could be an actual computer like an actual computer running in like maybe a cloud data center uh, it could be someone's home router it could be a router that's like an actual server rack router that's in uh, another big data center or server room. It could be a router that's used by an internet service provider to route traffic. So that's what all the little circles on these images do. And I'll uh, post an image to the chat to show people. I think, uh, Jering, you described it as kind of like a blood stain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the shirt. Uh... And I was told it looks like I got shot. Yeah, so, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it depends on on how on what algorithm you use to make the graph because it can appear in different uh, kind of shapes and that. The one that they have here is kind of fun because it's got kind of like a really really natural sort of look to it. Um, yeah, it does look like blood from a crime scene when you're looking at it from far away. But if you zoom in really well, you can see all of the little nodes that are in there. And also how they're connected. So, uh, first of all, what is the internet? <laughs> um, the internet is made up there of three... Yep, it's, yeah, pretty much. So it's made up of three common types of hardware. Uh, the first one is hosts, which are basically a computer. So it's like your computer at home. It could be a web server. It could be IP-connected phones. Um, basically anything that has an OS running on it and it's doing stuff. Uh, you also have routers. Routers are responsible for finding the best route, essentially the navigators of the internet, in order to send data across. So um, if you go up to a router and say, hey, I need to send this data to this computer, the router will say, hmm, okay, I know six different routes, and I know that you will get to this computer if you go down route number four, for example. And then the router will just forward that data to route number four, and then whatever router is on route number four, it'll pass it on to its route, and it'll basically do the same process, saying, hmm, yeah, I think this route is going to be the one where it goes and finds the destination, so it keeps sending it. And until it reaches its destination host. And then the reverse process happens for when you want to send data back. That's basically how the internet works. The final piece of hardware are switches. Uh, this is a device which connects multiple different hosts or routers to the same network. Uh, so if you were to um, send some data into a switch, what the switch will do is it'll say, okay, uh, do I know any computers that are connected to the switch at the moment? If not, send it out on all the ports. Send the data out everywhere until it gets to its destination. Otherwise, if the switch knows that the computer is on one of its ports, it'll just send it straight to that computer. And the switches connect multiple different computers together, whereas routers connect kind of just like one-to-one -one sort of thing. And uh, internet is a mess. Uh, you can see it in the images from Athena. It's, it's an absolute mess. Like, there's patchwork everywhere. There's things connecting random things. 
and it gets very messy very quickly and usually that kind of causes issues most common issues are latency um another one is uh, bandwidth issues when trying to download something big but it's really slow and then take those issues and put it on a macro scale such as for a large city so Basically, what Athena does is it pings things. It's literally, literally just that. <laughs> um, and it uh, sends out ping requests. And your computer, you can do this on your computer right now if you want as well. Um, if you open up your command prompt on Windows, or if you're on Linux, if you open up a terminal, you can literally type ping, and you press spacebar, and then put in like one of your favorite web services, like uh, google.com or something like that. And you'll be able to ping it. And you'll see the packets going back and forth between your computer and the host. In our example, it's google.com. And what this ping does is it does a number of things. Not only does it test connectivity, so whether you can actually, actually contact the service with your computer, and test whether the data is actually getting across. But it also tests latency. Because basically, it's like playing a game of ping pong. So you hit the ball over to your host. Your host will pick up the ball and say, oh, it's a ping. I'll send it back with a pong. So you, it hits the ball back, sends the data back to your computer, and you record the time it takes for the, that, that entire process to occur. Now, because the internet is so broad and messy, those latencies, the time it takes for the ping and pong to, to all go, can vary. And it can vary quite wildly as well. And so usually what happens is people do ping tests for probably like a, maybe a couple minutes, maybe even an hour to see how it goes and whether any of the, uh, whether any of the pings were lost, whether any of them took arbitrarily or unusually large amounts of time. And it measures the performance pretty much of the network. Now what Athena does is it does this on a large scale. It'll send out a work unit to your computer and it does this for all of the computers that are connected to Athena. And basically what your computer will do is it'll try and ping a web service. So maybe you're lucky and you got to ping google.com from Athena. And what it'll do is it'll not only ping, but it'll also see and trace all the different computers in between. And it's interesting how it does this uh, with the ping. Because remember, we're not, uh, we, when we're interacting over the internet, especially with me transmitting my voice to you guys here, what happens is your data gets sent to a router, and then that router sends it to another router, and then that router sends it to another router, and then that router sends it to another router, and then that router sends it to another router, until it gets to the destination. And what Athena does is it wants to track all those ones in between as well. And it's really cool how it does it, because you can tell a ping to only go through a certain number of hops. So if you tell a ping to only do two hops, it'll go from your computer, to your home router, to probably your ISP's router, and then it'll stop there. And you can record the data from that. And that router will likely send back some data to your computer, and that'll complete the ping. 
Some routers don't do that, but that's okay. We don't, we don't really care. Um, but the important thing is that we get the amount of nodes in the network and how far it takes for you to connect to one particular place. And then you can also record how long it takes for you to connect to one particular place. And with that data, you can do a lot of things with it. Now, Athena has two kind of separate projects. It has Athena Measurements and Athena Computational. What Athena Measurements does is it does those measurements and it collects the data. And the Computational will take that data and analyze it. The analysis that they do is not entirely clear. I'm very sure that part of the analysis is actually generating those graphs that you can see on their website. And uh, the, uh, the, the computations are there to also uh, build up the data sets, I think, for a tool that they're trying to make, which is to figure out which country kind of has the best sort of internet performance sort of thing, or at least internet service providers. Because the one thing that this data can be used for is the internet service providers and infrastructure managers of the internet to look at and say, oh, hold on. In this part of our fiber network, for example, uh, there's an inefficiency compared to the rest of the fiber network. So why don't we take a look at that to try and improve performance? That's one thing that the data can be used for. And yeah, as I said, Athena has two separate projects, the non-computational side of it, which is the measurements, and the computational side of it. And this is one of those rare instances of a non-computational Boink project. So Athena measurements actually doesn't take up that much CPU on your computer. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't even take up any at all, because all you're doing is basically a ping and then storing the data. So uh, what this means is if you're crunching another project, like, I don't know, Rosetta at home and Einstein at home, your GPU is going to be probably clogged up with all those pulsars, and your CPU is probably going to be clogged up with a whole bunch of proteins. But the thing is, Athena doesn't really take up that, man that many resources. So you can actually run Athena alongside Rosetta and Einstein at home if you're crunching, which is really cool. And uh, if you're worried about whether it's going to do anything to your computer, uh, like if it's going to take up too much internet or if it's going to like expose yourself to hackers or something, there is nothing to worry about because it is a ping. So a ping really doesn't take up that much data. Like we're talking somewhere like less than a kilobyte of data. Probably not even that. Probably maybe like 100 bytes of data. So very, very, very low data impact. And also, it does not expose any security vulnerabilities because all you're doing is sending out a little packet of data to the internet, setting it free, allowing it to go and roam free into the broad ocean of the internet and then come back with, I don't know, a stick or a bone or, or something. <laughs> Um, so oh, no. there is, <laughs> yeah, there's no issues with, um, with that. Um, so yeah, if you want to run that alongside what you're crunching already, uh, it's up to you. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's a really cool project uh, for that sort of stuff. Now, interestingly enough, Athena does have some statistics you can look at. They do have a data visualization that's quite rudimentary, as they say, but it also looks kind of cool. Um, it kind of, I don't know if uh, any of you have seen the sort of like uh, DDoS maps or like the denial of service uh, live map sort of thing. 
But uh, it kind of looks like that because you can see a whole bunch of like little dots like all flooding into Poland or something <laughs> in Europe. So uh, Poland's getting uh, DDoSed at the moment. Goodbye, Athena. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, you can take a look at the data visualizations on Athena. They also have some really cool pictures, and you should also check that out. And uh, recently, but also not recently, and by recently I mean uh, December 2021, I think, um, Athena actually partnered with the... Open Observatory of Network Interference, if I'm not mistaken, yes. And what they're doing now, oh, hold on, let me first explain UNI, which is the Open Observatory of Network Interference. If you want to search it up, it's ooni.org. Uh, it's an organization that tries to detect and analyze internet censorship. And what Athena has done is they've partnered with UNI in order to deliver their what, what, what's called their probe, which is their software that actually tries to detect censorship, uh, they've integrated their, their probe into the Athena project. So in the Athena project, you can select to use and, uh, and crunch the Uni probe, which uh, what we'll do is what, what it will do is we'll basically go to a whole bunch of different websites that are known to be kind of cen uh, censored in certain countries, and it'll try to access them. And if it can't access them, then it'll say, oh, this site's censored, and it'll return the data back to the UNI project. So if you're really keen on detecting data censorship, this is also, um, this is probably the project for you. And UNI doesn't take up that many computational resources either, so you can run it alongside your other projects too. Uh, I'm very sure that Uni has a uh, big graph of, of the different places that are, uh, have censorship, so you can go and check that out yourself. Now, if you want to crunch Athena, uh, here's the specs that you need. So Athena has a couple different applications. Most of them run on Linux and Microsoft Windows only. If you want to do the Uni probe, it only works on Linux according to their applications page. Uh, so no support for Mac users, unfortunately, or, um, yeah, Apple Mac users. And then for Athena Computational, if you want to do the computational work, it's supported by Linux and Windows. So uh, if you want to actually crunch the data and uh, set up the tables and all that uh, for Athena, you can crunch their Athena Computational uh, if you have Microsoft Windows or Linux. The project status for Athena Computational, they have a lot of work units that they got to send through. Uh, the, just looking now, they've got plenty of work, almost 30,000 work units. And uh, Athena's measurements one always pretty much has work units because they're constantly analyzing it. So plenty of work to be done if you'd like to help out. That concludes it for Athena, I believe. If you want to follow Athena, they have a Twitter page. Uh, I highly recommend following them on Twitter. They give them a bit of support and love. Otherwise, have a crack at it. Try it out. See how uh, Athena works for you. And if you are really keen on developing those really cool 
cute blood splatter graphs that Athena has produced, then hop on board and help out. Athena Measurements and Athena Computational. Root.Athena.net. Any questions? I can usually Geringo. fake one. I can usually what? fake one, but that was a very um, good. So how about I ask you a question? Hold on, is my mic not working? Yeah, you... no, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, ask me a question. Ask away. Yeah, so where did you get the Athena shirt from? <laughs> ah, the Science Commons Initiative swag store, which is not up yet, unfortunately. But So stay tuned. <laughs> yes, I had access to it for two days, and I happened to get a shirt on those two days. <laughs> <laughs> Limited edition. Yeah. Can we get a signed copy? Uh, who am I signing as, and who, am, who is we? <laughs> I'm, I'm confused by the question, but yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, if the, when the swag store comes up then, uh, there'll be Athena blood splatter t-shirts that everyone can buy. So. Uh, what, what color is yours, by the way? It's gray with the red uh, map. Red network map. Yeah, gray with red. Okay, so yeah, it does look like a proper blood splatter. <laughs> There's not a photo yet, but it is uh, in, in the works, I suppose, soon, trademark. I'll take, I plan to take a picture wearing the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it the full kind of blood splatter graph, or is it just, is it like a zoomed in portion of it? Uh, it's the full. Full graph. Full one. Okay. Yeah. So, because, yeah, I was thinking, like, if you go onto the Athena website uh, and their banner image has, like, a zoomed-in portion of it. So, like, I think that might look a lot better on a T-shirt rather than a full blood splatter. Perhaps. Perhaps. The thing is, it looks so cool. It doesn't look as much like a blood spatter on your computer than it does when it's like screen printed onto a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sh you should get one of those like bullet hole stickers and then stick it on you. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be a great Halloween outfit. The Halloween would, actually, I just got it. Yes, it would be because people are like, oh my God, you got shot. No, I'm on <laughs> the internet. <laughs> uh, also, I'm just scrolling on uh, the Athena page. Interesting fact: Ukraine is the top contributor for Athena. Huh? Yeah, thirty-four percent or thirty-five percent of total credits, swiftly followed by the United States at twenty-eight percent, and then followed by Australia coming third at eleven percent. So I'm glad that Australia is up there. All right, come on, every, all you Australians. Hop on and crunch Athena. We've got to beat Jeringo. <laughs> Never going right. to happen. I've already mapped the whole internet. With a pencil <laughs> How big's the map? And a ruler. Um... Two meters. Yeah, two by two. All right. 
shall we end it here? I suppose so. Let's get going. Thank you, everyone, for attending and listening to the Project Brief. Next week, I will have a very disgusting drink to be drinking. Oh, it sounds disgusting, but I'm hoping that it's actually good. Uh, so <laughs> make sure you're here next week to hear uh, how that goes and whether I throw up or not. <laughs> it's a great teaser. Yep. Thank you all. See you later. Bye.